0: of meeting lots of drag queens and stuff. I was just asking Danny. I was like, so there was a night that we were out. I don't even remember what we were doing. We were probably at a <laughs> drag show, but I wore real big heels, mm-hmm. real big heels. Cause I was like, if we're going to be dancing or whatever, like this will be fine. But we didn't end up dancing. We just stood for like oh. four hours and watched this, this whole production so, <laughs> like, I was like, I can't take it. Like, just standing in heels? Mm. No, no, ma'am. No, ma'am. Mm-mm. So. Your knees. You yeah. feel it in your knees. In your hips. The hips, the, the lower back, mm-hmm. everything. I was like. Yeah. The balls of your this, feet yes. are like. <laughs> <laughs> on fire. Yeah. Yeah. So. At one point I we were getting ready to leave and I was like, I cannot. I've been (laughs) barely I'm like standing in these but like on the sides of my feet (laughs) because I just could not take it anymore standing in one spot. So anyway, so Danny had on her Converse. Mm -hmm. So I was like, I need you to switch shoes with me (laughs) and Danny's shoes are smaller than mine. So I can't even fit these big old Fred Flintstone feet. We're not going all the way into these converts. <laughs> so I slip these shoes on. Danny puts on my heels that are a solid four-inch <laughs> heel. Like mom's shoes kind of deal, walking <laughs> around. Yes! The <laughs> so I have never seen Danny be more swishy and feminine in my entire <laughs> She put on these heels and became a different person. <laughs> and we had to walk. We walked maybe two blocks. Like, mm-hmm. down the street and then up the street to cross Burnside oh. at Powell's. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, Danny and her little like, you were walking, Danny was strutting. Danny was strutting (laughs) like she's on a goddamn catwalk the entire (laughs) way till we get to the light, you know, and then it gives us the walk signal. And I was like, we're never going to get across the street with Danny and taking tiny baby steps (laughs) in her swishy heels. So, I picked her up put her over my shoulder <laughs> and proceeded to walk both of us <laughs> across Burnside in the middle of like a Saturday night <laughs> with everyone around Danny's ass just full in the air little legs kicking <laughs> with the heels, with the heels. I made it across the street, and she was like, put me down. <laughs> so I was like, okay. So we made it across the street. I put her down, and then it took us probably half an hour oh, to Jesus. go another three blocks with Danny in these little heels. But I was like, maybe maybe that was the same night that we met <laughs> Raven and Yaro Sophia. But also maybe not. But I was like, oh, man, that's a good one. That's very funny. picture it i can't oh my god i feel like people around were probably like oh she's drunk oh absolutely <laughs> like- <laughs> absolutely they thought we had gone way too hard and i was yeah. like no we had a cocktail but my feet hurt like a motherfucker <laughs> <laughs> i need to were, get to the car <laughs> people were probably like oh look at those good friends <laughs> <laughs> uh Man. <laughs> what a fun time. And now we're boring and stay home every every weekend. Except for we just discovered now we're going to be skating together. We are going. We're going to be a skate team. Canada just bought roller skates. I sure did. And I was like, Danny has roller skates that I kind of have <laughs> very tepidly tried out. Mm-hmm. And Danny got roller blades. So... <laughs> we're 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 in it. I, I thought about buying rollerblades, but there's no braking mechanism. <laughs> and so I uh, I was like, I'll get the roller skates mm-hmm. with the toe stops. Except I still don't know how to stop. <laughs> when I was skating the other day, I was stopping by running into either the house sure. or the pole on the patio yep. that keeps the <laughs> beam, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's my stopping technique. Perfect. Danny will probably be doing that with the blades. <laughs> Absolutely. I was not a roller skater. Mm-hmm. I could roll a blade like a motherfucker. <laughs> that's what we do in South Dakota. We had a skating rink. Ooh. Right? Like mm-hmm. the one in Gresham. Mm-hmm. That's not there anymore. Sad day. But that's what we did for like every field trip at the end of every year. Like we either went to the zoo. hmm <laughs> <laughs> or we went to the... The, the, the rink. The rink. That's where everybody had their birthday parties. But like, I always got rollerblades and not mm-hmm. roller skates. But now I'm inspired. Maybe I'll buy some roller skates. <laughs> this sounds so fun. And then we can learn how to skate like those real bad bitches do. Yeah. And it's all cool. And I don't need to go on like skate park stuff like you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to look cool in a pair of booty shorts. Yeah. While I'm just... You, disco rolling, yes! disco rollers. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. Okay. I kind of want to, I think I'm probably gonna have to work on, like, footwork stuff over the winter and fall. Yeah. Just yeah. cause weather won't permit for mm-hmm. skate park. I'm gonna be Tony Hawk. <clears throat> Tony with an I. Oh! <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Tony Falcon. Tony Falcon! <laughs> I like it. Hey, everybody. Hi, guys. (laughs) This is that Broad Scout Moxie. How's it going, y'all? This is Cassie. This is Kiana. And Danny's here. Just talking about drag queens and roller skating. Not at the same time. (laughs) But but maybe one day. Maybe. We can dream. Ooh. (laughs) Big dreams. Very excited. So, man, it's early. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Portland's been... Portland, Oregon. Where we reside mm-hmm. has been going through a heat wave. It's been hot as fucking balls. Man. Hot as balls. Yeah. Climate change is out of pocket. Oof, it's bad stuff. No. It's nothing's growing here because everything's just brown and dead. Mm-hmm. Put the kiddie pool up because I was like, I can't take it. I need to be cool. <laughs> it's got three inches of water in it. Very exciting. Yeah, because <laughs> there's a drought on, and uh, we don't want to be dicks. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So it's early. We're recording early because it's cooler in the morning. (laughs) Also, we're both stuffy because Kiana sat outside this morning Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I slept with the window open. (laughs) Sat outside before taking that sweet, sweet allergy Uh pill. So we're both a little stuffy. Apologies. Sorry, guys. Stuff. (laughs) So, who's going first this week? I don't even remember. Before every episode. We both don't know, and then we look at Danny and say, "Danny, you think about it." Yeah, <laughs> I can't be bothered. Okay, so it's my turn to go first. Thank you, Danny. Mm-hmm. And we are continuing on the Olympic kick. Oh, perfect! Just li- <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Excellent. And I'm going to tell you today about just some scandals and debacles. <gasps> oh, I love scandals and debacles. Yes, All I right. do too. Let's Most of them do it. just by chance. So there's going to be. I'm going to say. Four scandals and debacles Okay Three of which happened in 2012 Because apparently 2012 was a year Oof <laughs> But first we're going to start in the 2000s Okay So buckle up It's August 2000 Okay About 36 gymnasts were getting ready to compete in the women's all-around events And it's almost time for the first rotation at vault Okay So they're getting ready to vault mm-hmm. The first gymnasts start their warm-up vaults and it is going terribly <laughs> It started when American Elise Ray completely missed her hands on the apparatus (gasps) when she was, you know, run, Uh run, run, jump off the springboard, missed the apparatus, and almost landed on her neck. (gasps) Jesus. It's a hard video to watch. (laughs) So her saving grace was her awareness that things were going wrong. Mm -hmm. And so she was able to over-rotate and Mm -hmm. tuck in her neck, and she just barely landed on her back. And she was completely okay to compete, Uh but she was understandably so shaken. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> but she didn't really have time to think because I was her warm-up, and now mm-hmm. she had to do the event. Great, right, great, right, great. Right. So the first rotation is beginning. Warm-ups are over. And it seems that Elise isn't the only one having difficulties today. And it's weird because people who don't mess up are messing up. Mm. So the favorite to win Russian Svetlana Korkina crashed to her knees during her chance, mm-hmm. or during her turn at vault, completely dashing any thought of gold oh so she was the favorite to win fucks up on vault and is now out and other gymnasts in the rotation Uh are also just missing the vault entirely and nobody everybody just thinks it's a bad day Uh uh-huh so first rotation's done all of those people did bad but Mm -hmm. they're like whatever we got to move on second rotation's in great britain's annika Reeder suffers a lower body injury and has to withdraw from the rest of the (gasps) the competition And it actually turned out to be the last of her career. Oh no! Because she got hurt. Brazil's Danielle Hapolito rebounded onto her head during her vault. Good lord! (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. It was it was a hard day for them. And Spain's Laura Martinez just ran into the vault. Oh my gosh! So overall, 18 gymnasts stumbled through the first two rotations, and all of them, all of them, blamed themselves. Because A surely course they did. Because surely at the Olympics, nothing would be wrong with the setup, mm-hmm. except that there was something wrong. Oh my gosh! So Australia's Alana Slate comes up, and she's looking at this apparatus uh-huh. and is like, "This isn't right." Yeah. "Quote: I've spent countless of hours on vault, and I just remember thinking to myself that vault looks low. <gasps> that vault looks like." Really low. Um, She told her coach the theory, and after some escalation Uh in the Olympics, a group of officials came out with tape measures, and it turns out she was right. And the vault was set two inches shorter than it should have been during the Olympic competition. Oh my god! Y'all fucked up! Yeah. And that's, like, obviously super dangerous. Yeah. People did get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. I would say so. 18 people. Yeah. Just... And it's so, like, some people be like, oh, well, it's only two inches. And it's like, that's not the point. The point is they do everything over and over and Mm -hmm. over again. Hyper technical. Hyper technical. Precision fucking athletes. Two inches literally changed everything for everybody. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. So apparently the day before the competition, somebody just readjusted it incorrectly and put it one notch too low, Mm -hmm. which was two inches. Uh Uh-huh. Not just that, none of the judges, none of the officials, not a single person or system in place to ensure the safety of the athletes uh-huh. worked. Oh. Mm-hmm. To address the mistake, Olympic officials allowed gymnasts to redo their vault, but the ship had sailed at that point. Yeah, too little too late, guys. Right. Everybody's fucking injured. (laughs) Everybody's injured. Or they had been so shaken that they did poorly that when they went on to other events like the bars Uh or floor, they were messing up there, too, because they were just in their head. Gosh. Uh Uh-huh. And no one apologized. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) No one apologized to the gymnasts. Seriously? Yeah. God. IOC, get your shit together. (laughs) And it sucks because, like, what could you do about it at that point? Yeah. And all of these athletes had their dreams, like... Fucking crushed? Crushed. Yeah. For something completely out of their hands at the, like, highest stage of... Right? They're like, I do this in and out. I know this, like, the back of my hand. And then the thing is two inches short and it just completely fucks everything up. Like, I just want to (laughs) know. I want to know how at the Olympics (laughs) Mm -hmm. that nobody checked it... How did we get through almost all of these, like, two full rotations? And then one one person was like, hey, this doesn't look right. And I'm yeah. sure they were like, oh, what do you mean? This doesn't look. Yeah. <laughs> and caused a real stink about it. And then she was like, no, go fuck yourself. Check it because I know it's wrong. Yeah. Alana was in an interview, just uh-huh. kept on saying, like, I thought I was crazy. I was trying to bring it to people's attention uh-huh. during warmups and people thought I was crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And they just gaslighted the fuck out of her. Yeah. People are running full speed towards a still object. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the good news nowadays Mm -hmm. is that they measure. (laughs) Every time. Every time before an event. (laughs) Measure twice, cut once. Yes. Measure twice, set it up once so it's fucking right. (laughs) God, even I know that. (laughs) That's that's such a shitty thing. All right. On to the next debacle. Next debacle. So... The women's 2012 soccer match between North Korea and Colombia almost didn't happen. Oh. (laughs) Yes. The North Korean team walked off the field shortly before the end of their scheduled warm-up in Glasgow because the South Korean flag was shown next to the North Korean women's soccer team. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And so I feel rightfully so. Mm -hmm. The North Korean team was upset. Mm Mm-hmm. And wanted to have a moment to themselves. (laughs) Delaying the start of the match. Okay. So, kickoff was scheduled for 7.45pm, but the players did not even restart their warm-up until just before 8.30. Oh, shit! Yeah. (laughs) And they only went back to the field after the flag was replaced with the correct one on the scoreboards following, quote, extensive negotiations behind the scenes. Oh, okay. (laughs) Which I do not know what that means. But I would assume the negotiations were, change the flag to the right flag, please. (laughs) Oh, rough. mm, Yeah, rough. Eventually, kickoff happened at 8.50 p.m. Mm. So almost a whole hour mm-hmm. later, well, over a whole hour later, North Korea's coach, Yu Gunson, said, quote, the national flag difference is a big problem. Our team was not going to participate unless the problem was solved properly. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. it took some time later for the broadcast on the big screen to be done again. And we made the decision to go on with the match. We were very angry. Because our players were shown as if they were from South Korea, which affects us very greatly. Our players cannot be shown, especially with other flags, especially the South Korean one. If this matter had not been solved, continuing would have been nonsense. Damn. (laughs) The London Organizing Committee of the Olympic and Paralympic Games issued an apology to the North Korean team, quote, Today, ahead of the women's football match... The South Korean flag was shown on a big screen instead of the flag of North Korea. Clearly, this is a mistake. We will apologize to the team and the National Olympic Committee, and steps will be taken to ensure no repeat. So they got an apology. (laughs) Again, let's just reiterate Mm -hmm. that this is the International Mm -hmm. Olympic Committee, who are supposed to have a lot of people (laughs) on top of this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they were like, "Oops a daisy, well, wrong Korea <laughs> like, and like famously, famously, North and South Korea don't aren't like friends, <laughs> no. <laughs> not great terms that no. that those two have split on, yeah, yeah, oof, they were like, What the fuck is that, yeah, fix it, goodbye, oof, oh that's that's, that's not a good. difficult one, that's a difficult one." <laughs> Okay. Moving on to the next debacle, number three. This is a scandal. Oh, a scandal. Okay. So the first two are debacles. This one will be a scandal. The last one's sort of a debacle scandal. Okay. (laughs) So 2012, still. Okay. Like many Olympic sports, badminton has a preliminary round that's used to determine the seating in the tournament Mm -hmm. and a knockout round that decides who wins gold, silver, and bronze. Great. I would like to just put caveat here i didn't know badminton was an (laughs) olympic sport (laughs) it at least was in 2012 okay i you know what can we check if it happened this year yeah there's a lot of sports that sometimes get in the olympics and then are pulled out and then okay i didn't know Uh, sure i mean yeah yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but badminton right (laughs) i had to play badminton in gym class in elementary school And I was like, this is a garbage sport because all I want to do is just really. (laughs) Yeah. See that shuttlecock. (laughs) You want it to be like tennis? You want to be like Serena and Venus? (laughs) 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 That is not how you play badminton. No. No. Badminton's like. (laughs) (laughs) It's a much lighter sport. (laughs) It's very dainty. Yeah, They did have it this year. You're right. China does seem to do the best at it. And ping pong. Well, table tennis that, table te- excuse me table tennis <laughs> they got that good eye good hand eye coordination mm-hmm. down side note before I get into this uh-huh. Zeth and I watched some of the women's table tennis mm-hmm. and we while we were doing it we looked up why it's called table tennis or ping pong or whatever Uh huh. long story short it's also called whiff-waff <laughs> 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 which I love yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I will only call ping pong whiff-waff Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> but in a professional setting, it's table tennis. <laughs> gotcha. So ping pong is just like a colloquialism. Mm-hmm, it's if just, you will. It's just a fun name for it. It is a fun <laughs> name for it. Whiff-waff. Whiff-waff. <laughs> no. Badminton. Bad. Oh, badminton. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you started with badminton. Okay. So there's the round to determine the seating, and mm-hmm. then there's the knockout round. Mm-hmm. The thing about this is that the f- format could potentially be Used and manipulated uh-huh. to allow for an easier path to gold. Yeah, that makes sense. And this year, eight mm. players from the Chinese team, South Korean team, and Indonesian team decided that maybe manipulation was the way to go. Oh no! <laughs> so it started after one of China's two doubles teams, Shao mm-hmm. Li and Tianqin, lost. To Denmark's team. Okay. Which was shocking because the Chinese team was the favorite to win that year. And Denmark was one of the lower seeds. Uh Uh-huh. The loss meant that it was likely that China's other team with Xiao Li and Yu Yang would meet in the semifinals of the knockout round rather than the gold medal game, which is what they were hoping for. Sure. So this would take away China's chance to win gold and silver. Mm hmm So with... The seating as it is projected now. Mm-hmm. They couldn't do that. Yeah, they're out. Unless. Uh-oh. <laughs> Wang and you lost. Oh. Because then that would put them on the yep. separate end of the bracket. Mm-hmm. And so they decided, we'll just lose this next one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> the only issue with the plan, though, uh-huh. was that the South Korean team <laughs> was like, I think we know what's up. Uh huh. We're going to lose. So now so everybody's teams. just fucking throwing their badminton games. Exactly. Oh my God. So the game is happening, and it is very, very clear what's going on because <laughs> both teams suck at looking like they suck. <laughs> so the crowd is sh- straight up booing, groaning as the game is going on. Oh my God. And the teams were just like serving it out of bounds Uh or into the net over and over again until China successfully lost. (laughs) Right? Okay. So that match happens. Everybody's upset. But who cares? There's going to be another match Mm -hmm. in an hour. So it's another South Korean team Mm -hmm. and an Indonesian team. Okay. And both teams are looking at the the match and they're like, you know, (laughs) we would have an easier time. If we lost, <laughs> because, so if the South Korean team won, mm-hmm. they would be in the same kind of situation yeah. that China was projected to be in in the first mm-hmm. round, and they would be playing their own countrymen. Yep. So they were like, no, we should lose. And the Indonesians were like, well, if we win, we have to play the Chinese team that just threw the match, who's <laughs> one of the best oh my in the God. world. <laughs> uh-huh. So again, the match starts. They both suck at sucking. It's very clear what's going on. It's a terrible match. The crowd, again, booing, groaning. They're like, again? And it turns out it was all for nothing. Because since they all sucked so bad, the Badminton World Federation expelled the eight players. So it was one Chinese team, two South Korean teams, and one Indonesian team. Oh! My gosh and they were expelled quote for conducting oneself in a manner that is clearly abusive or detrimental to the sport oh my gosh yeah can we take a minute no no tea no shade but like can you imagine being that competitive in badminton (laughs) that that you have a plot that two other teams are like oh i see what you're doing here (laughs) I also am going to do that, and then everybody gets fucked. Yeah, come on. Can and can you imagine sitting in the crowd just being like, "What the fuck are we? What? I thought these were Olympic athletes, right?" And I imagine the other teams were like, "Oh, come on, you guys. People already don't watch badminton. <laughs> You're giving us a bad name." <laughs> exactly. Oh. That Chinese team from the beginning, though. Uh-huh. One gold that year. Oh my god! So good for them. <laughs> they like, you guys were the first ones to throw the game. We can't prove you did it. <laughs> but I guess you're okay. Everyone else, out of here. Out of here. Okay. Now, this is the last scandal debacle. Scambadacle. <laughs> the scabacle. scab. Oh, the scabacle. <laughs> it wasn't known at the time, but at the 2012 London Olympics, history was made. Oh. I'm referring to the women's 1500 meter race a.k.a. the dirtiest race in Olympic history. (laughs) Oh, shit. A race in which six of the top nine finishers at some point tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. So, Great Britain's Lisa Dabriskie finished 10th Mm -hmm. at the Olympics. Mm -hmm. We're at the Olympics right now. She finishes 10th immediately to reporters after the race. Quote, I don't believe I'm competing on a level playing field. (laughs) (laughs) Oh! And she refused to accuse anybody specifically, Mm -hmm. but then later added, quote, people will be caught eventually, I think. Fingers crossed, anyway. (laughs) So she is salty. Rightfully so. (laughs) Rightfully fucking so. That's why we don't cheat. Yes, exactly. So, she was right. (laughs) She was not competing on an an equal playing field. So... Turkey's Asli Kakir came in first. She, at the time of the race, had served a two-year doping suspension before crossing the finish line. Oh! But then had the victory annulled later because she was still doping. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> so, first place, stripped. Out. Disqualified. Second place, mm-hmm. Turkey's Gamzi Blute finished and then was banned and stripped of her medals because she was also cheating. So, she was gold for a little bit. Uh-huh. And then... <laughs> and then she, and she was silver for a little bit. And then she was silver for a little bit. And then she was nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Bahrain's Miriam Yusuf Jamal finished third in the race. Bronze. Bronze. Yes. Okay. And did not dope, which means she actually won gold. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> <Yes>. good. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was like, just how many of these athletes are we going to have to go through? <laughs> Before we finally get to someone who's like, well, they all cheated. You win! Yeah. <laughs> and it was a big deal for Bahrain. Yeah. And also an even bigger deal because she didn't cheat and still got third. Yeah. Way to go. Which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Russia's Tatiana Tomashova was stripped for a little bit because she was so. Okay. So the Russian doping scandal. State sanctioned. Yeah. There was a lot of shenanigans, <laughs> shenanigans going on. <laughs> to put it lightly. <laughs> yeah. And IOC really couldn't determine what to do, mm-hmm. which they later were just like, you know what? You just can't compete under the Russian flag, except for you're going to compete in 2021 as the Russian Olympic Committee rather yeah. than Russia. Yeah. Still under the name, mm-hmm. but kind of. What's changed? Words. That's it? Yeah. Okay, cool, words. Cool, cool, Words changed. Mm-hmm. And some people were stripped. She was, mm-hmm. but then they were like, you know, maybe maybe you weren't doping at the time of this race specifically, so we'll give you fourth back. But okay. Okay. still, mm-hmm. not great. Fifth place, Ethiopia's Abeba Arigawi tested positive <laughs> for doping as well, and so she was disqualified as well. <laughs> and the Belarusian Natalia Kariva, Mm-hmm. Sorry, I didn't put... This was the only story I didn't have a pronunciation. That's okay. You're you're doing good. (laughs) She got ninth place and was banned. (laughs) So, Lisa, from the beginning of the story, who was like, I did not run on an even even playing field, Mm -hmm. who finished 10th that day, Mm -hmm. she now equates herself to fourth place. Yeah. Because... So, oh. I said Ethiopia was disqualified. Mm -hmm. But then, like Russia's... case. Okay. She was reinstated. Gotcha. So it was again like, oh, maybe she wasn't doping this time. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But she doped at some point, but maybe not this time. Gotcha. Okay. So she was given her placing back. Okay. So Lisa equates herself to fourth. Actually, she's sixth. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But still, that's. (laughs) Yeah. It is now the dirtiest race in history. Damn. And I love that. (laughs) I think it's (laughs) It sucks, but it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> well, and there's so many, like, this whole, like, back and forth of, like, oh. We well, got you. We oh, got we did, we did. Oh, well, <laughs> I'm very curious as to how that all works. Like, just who sits down and says, well, we took their metal away, but, like, maybe it wasn't this week, but it was, like, a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Like, how does that work? It's a v- It's all very confusing to me. Also, some doping substances, mm-hmm. because I've been kind of looking into it mm-hmm. that are they're considered banned but they're not actually doping things they're they've tested positive for drugs that sure are known to hide the doping <laughs> okay. so so it's not a shikari situation where she's like she smoked a blunt and and then they were like oh you got cannabis in your system and she was like well the argument okay. the argument for that was that weed sometimes is used to cover really performance Barely. Horseshit. <laughs> yeah. Horseshit But yeah. that's the argument was like, mm-hmm. oh, if you test positive for another drug here, that, that's that thing. But it's all bullshit. Yeah. Because weed is not is. performance enhancement no. at all. No. But like there was a Russian Olympian, no, Romanian mm-hmm. who was stripped of her medal. She was 14, I think. Uh-huh because she had taken like cough medicine that had a diuretic oh, in it. That okay, was... sure, sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes you can argue like, "Oh, I just accidentally took this thing that" Sure, there wasn't there a runner who was like I who? A pork burrito. Yeah, she had she had a burrito and she was she was like, "Well, there's pork in it and it had it had, you know, oh, growth hormones or something in it and I I don't have control over that, so it's not me." Mhm. Some lies are better than others. <laughs> Clearly, she's not getting her carnitas at Chipotle. (laughs) Uh, Well, I'll be damned those those were great. That last one was a real. I see. I don't know anything about these things. I'm just like, Mm -hmm. oh, the Olympics, USA, for two weeks, and then I'm like, okay, (laughs) cool. Okay, I guess I'm in the USA still and don't have health care or a living wage. Exactly. Gas prices are through the roof. Go back to hating the <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> to but for those two weeks every four years, I'm really into it. And the Winter Olympics. Oh, the and every yes, two years. Every two years. Thank you. We feel the fervor. The fervor. USA. USA. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for that. Yeah. Alright. So, this week, I am covering a lady who, uh, much like some of these athletes, were like, I mean, I'm just going to do what I want and we'll see what happens. Oh, love that. (laughs) I first learned about this particular woman on an episode of True Crime Obsessed. Oh. Because I love them. I love true crime. Yeah. So, today I'm going to talk about Doris Payne. The world's most notorious international jewel thief. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I love a jewel thief. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So my... Oh, you forgot to tell me your your things, your sources. I need a a little insight to what I put down on paper. I Mm -hmm. always put my sources at the top, but I really Uh think I should put them at the bottom so that I remember. Anyways, my sources are <laughs> an article called "Inside the Biggest Gymnastics Mistake in Olympic History" by Rose Minutaglio, an article called "Overt Sexla- Sexualization." Oh, I didn't actually use that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was. So I bet it's a good article, though. It was. I was going to put something in there about the this year's mm-hmm. um, handball team wearing shorts instead of the bikini bottoms. The bikini bottoms that okay. they are forced to wear. <sighs> also, since we're talking about it, mm-hmm. <laughs> Germany's gymnastics team wore full body That's right. leotards instead mm-hmm. of just the Gucci perf- cutters. <laughs> exactly, they would prefer to have their stuff covered. Yeah, good. You know what? Good for them. Yeah, like and they, you do you. Whatever in, makes you comfortable. In this article uh-huh. that I didn't end up using, uh-huh. they were saying like, yeah, we just hope that other people who don't feel comfortable in the shorter things now can wear long things. Yeah. And that's so nice. Yeah, it is. So I didn't use that one, but anyway. (laughs) Another one called Athletics Doping Crisis was London's 2012 1500 meter Olympic final, the dirtiest race in history by Matt Magendi and an article called Shuttlecock and Bull (laughs) by Justin Peters. (laughs) Justin Peters. You funny bit. I love that. Uh, (laughs) Um, And then an article called London 2012 North Korea's Game Delayed Amid Row Over South's Flag by Ewan Murray. Excellent. That's that. <laughs> thank you for that. Thank hmm. you. Thank you. Okay. Tell me about this Jewel te- oh, Thief. Oh, yes. Okay. Jewel so, Thief. I first heard about it on True Crime Obsessed, and then I decided to watch the documentary that Jillian and Patrick watched. Uh, Which is called The Life and Crimes of Doris Payne I watched that on Amazon And then I also used a couple of articles One is called Doris Payne From Dirt Poor Nurse to World Famous Jewel Thief That was a New York Post article Mm -hmm. And (laughs) Atlanta's octogenarian jewel thief Doris Payne tells all And that was an article from the Atlanta Journal Constitution Cool So here we go Doris Payne was born October 10th, 1930 in Slab Fork, West Virginia. So she is a Libra. Doris was the youngest of five children to her mother, a Cherokee woman, and her father, a black man. This Slab Fork, West Virginia, mm-hmm. it's 1930s. It's it's not a good place. It's very segregated, super racist. So not a great time. Yeah. Yeah. Her parents had a very unhappy marriage that led to her mother suffering physical abuse at the hands of her father. Doris, though the youngest, was incredibly protective of her mother and wanted to do whatever she could do to help. So one year, while she was in elementary school, her mother told her that if she got all A's, Mm -hmm. that she could get a watch. Oh. This was a big deal. She worked really hard. She got straight A's. So her mom was like, all right, let's go. So basically, they go to a jewelry store Mm -hmm. to look at these watches. They're having her and her mother having a pleasant, accommodating conversation with the Mm -hmm. man working there. But another crotchety old white man walks into the store and they get shooed out. Gross. Super gross. Mm -hmm. Because God forbid... You show kindness. (laughs) But as they were being, you know, hustled out of there, Mm -hmm. Doris realized that she still had the watch on her wrist. And she was like, I mean, (laughs) okay. They told me to leave. They told me to leave. So, bye. Look at this fancy new watch (laughs) I got. And so, she was like, well, that was easy. (laughs) So, Driven... By the fear and frustration of her parents' abusive marriage and her resentment over the racial inequalities that she encountered every day, Mm -hmm. Doris slowly but surely learned the sleight of hand and how to expertly steal diamonds. Love it. Because racism sucks. And she was like, (laughs) not not today. You know what would make this better for me? If I had some diamonds. That's right. (laughs) That's right. So she spent her adolescence on, okay, I can, I can do this. Sure. Mm -hmm. So she just practiced. And then eventually after high school, Doris moved to Cleveland to work as a hospital nurse, but would take weekend trips to Pittsburgh to steal jewels. (laughs) (laughs) So her first big score happened in 1952 when she swiped a diamond ring valued at $20,000. $20,000 back then? Yes. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) So she said, quote, I didn't feel like I had become a thief. Mm. I'm smarter. (laughs) I got this and I sold it today. When I first started, it was so easy to do and impossible to get caught. I did not think it was stealing. I thought, I'm not giving it back. There's a difference. <laughs> and to that, I was like, yes, queen. I, <laughs> I still think that's stealing.
1: It absolutely <laughs>
0: is. But I love that in her, in her fantasy. In, in, in her brain. In her inner workings, she was like, I mean, they put it there. <laughs> and I just didn't hand it back to them. It's fine. It's, I'm not a thief. Yes, you are. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So, she swiped this diamond, but she was so paranoid that she had been followed, like, out Mm -hmm. of the store, that she ended up spending the night in a bathroom stall in a Greyhound bus station. Just panicking. (laughs) Which I was like, girl, (laughs) (laughs) understandable. Yeah. (laughs) So, the next day, she walked back to the jewelry store feeling very guilty and determined to return the stolen ring. Uh However, (laughs) she ended up wandering right past the jewelry store into a resale store just blocks away and sold the ring for a $7,000 profit. Wow. Which is about $65,000 today. (gasps) Damn, girl. Get your (laughs) cash. (laughs) Get, Get the money. Get the money. So Doris was becoming very skilled. Imagine that fucking, like ego boost Mm -hmm. of being of going from like, I got this to holy fucking shit. Holy fucking shit. (laughs) To what? What? I'm amazing. (laughs) So I was like, Oof. Doris was becoming very skilled. Mm -hmm. So much so that she'd often walk away from a jewelry store, not even realizing what she had taken. (laughs) And I was like, Bitch, she just how? She just walks in there and blacks out. She's right? just like, I'm in the moment. I gotta. Yeah. This is her Olympic sport. She's like, oh, it. and she is taking home the gold, <laughs> literally, for six, and the diamond <laughs> and, the, and the, di- the silver and the, and the rubies. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> so by 1957, she needed help with her uh, acquisitions. So she asked a friend and was given the name of a man named Babe. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry, Babe. <laughs> babe, okay, that'll do, pig. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> so Babe's real name is Harold Bronfield. He was a six foot four, Jewish college graduate, who worked at the Club Caprice, and had ties to the criminal underworld. <laughs> well, <Wow. laughs> he was very well connected, so. Doris meets Babe. Babe's very intrigued. But he's like, I, I want to see this in action. <laughs> and so they took a trip to Chicago, mm-hmm. hit a couple of jewelry stores. She fucking cleaned up. <laughs> and he was like, swoon, I'm in love. <laughs> and she was like, oh, swoon, I'm also in love. Bada bing, wow. bada boom. They're not only a couple. They're also their partners. Yeah. They're they're like a mixed race, Bonnie and Clyde. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How fun. How <laughs> super fun. Are they hopefully they don't die like Bonnie and Clyde oh, no. did. No, no, no. <laughs> Filled no, with no, no. bullet holes. <laughs> Cause that would Oof. be very sad. It would be very sad, but that's not how the story ends. Thank goodness. So because Babe was connected, knew all the right people, mm-hmm. all the right brokers yeah. who are like <laughs> That's a big-ass diamond. I'm not going to ask where it came from. (laughs) And uh, so together they just made an ass load of money. Yeah. (laughs) Though she was raking in the dough and providing for her family, Uh including buying several homes uh, for her and her mother and her brother, her religious mother did not approve of her chosen (laughs) career. Okay, mom, quit being lame. Exactly. You got a house, <laughs> Exactly. And this was, again, all of this started mm-hmm. because she was like, I am never going to live under the thumb of a man. I'm going to take care of my own shit. I'm going to take care of my people. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to tell me what I can do. Hell yeah. So, mom, here you go. <laughs> oh. Buy yourself a house. Get out of this abusive relationship. You're mm-hmm. welcome. That's nice. Yeah. Also, mom... You did get me started on this path when you promised me a watch. Exactly. Exactly. I'm not trying to say. It's your fault. But. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Definitely nurture. Not nature. (laughs) (laughs) So, Doris had had two children. They lived with her father. Because, again... She refused to marry him. No, no. It was oh, good. It was their good. father. Their father. Okay. Yeah, no, like, not her father. No, no, no. <laughs> okay. Okay. No, she had, she, I think she had both of the kids. I think she had one in high school and one right after high school, okay. but was like, they're your children. You can take care of them. I have business to take care of. Mm-hmm. So she sent checks to support them, but she didn't feel like she was cut out to be a mother. Mm-hmm. Quote, a woman practicing being a world-class jewel thief wasn't going to be home much. (laughs) Mama's got to go to work, babies. (laughs) Love you bunches. (laughs) Bye. -bye. Covered in diamonds and her fucking floor-length mink coat, smoking a cigarette. (laughs) Ta-ta loves. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, Doris and babe, they're working together. I think they worked together for like almost 10 years until they were arrested in March of 1967. This is when Babe threw Doris under the fucking bus, pleaded out, and agreed to testify against her. No. And she was like, you can go fuck yourself, Babe. <laughs> <You're> bad pig. <laughs> Doris did not take kindly to this, and yep. that was the end of their relationship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's... The right move. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So by the early 1970s, Doris decided it was too dangerous uh, for her to continue working in the U.S. (laughs) and moved her operations Mm -hmm. to Europe. Then, like, she was like, going from the U.S. to Europe was like, oh, we're in the money. (laughs) We're in the money. Yeah. That's oh. true. Oh, yeah. you has got that old money. That <laughs> real old ancient money. Mm-hmm. That money that they got from <laughs> all the places they colonized. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Jewels that they stole. hmm. All those blood diamonds that they mm-hmm. take from... I had a lot of thoughts mm-hmm. reading through... Like, there was an article that I read. I didn't include it. But, side note, article that I read that was from a guy... Who is writing for like a jeweler's magazine? Mm-hmm. And it was like this new book about Doris Payne, jewel thief, has some uncomfortable. And and it was the whole article was like, people want to call her an antihero, and she's sticking it to the man. Mm-hmm. But we are very concerned that people are emulating her, or uh, like, it was like, come on, come on. <laughs> Are, we, are you concerned about your bottom line? Is that what you're concerned about? Mm-hmm. Cartier, calm your tits. <laughs> okay. You guys have a lot of money. Lots. You can, yeah, yeah calm down. <laughs> Take it easy. Okay. So, her first European destination was Monte Carlo <laughs> in the summer of 1974. Oh, shit. Oh, shit is right. This was her creme de la creme. <laughs> okay. So speaking of Cartier. <laughs> so she goes into a Cartier, mm-hmm. has a lovely little conversation. And then bada bing, bada boom, she's got a ten and a half carat diamond ring. Wow. Yes. This ring in 1974 was worth half a million dollars. <gasps> a lot of zeros on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So she didn't make it far because it's a half a million dollar ring. Yeah. And it's Cartier. And the police got to her before she boarded a plane. No. Funnily enough, despite several full-body searches, they never found the ring. Excuse me? Okay. So, at first, it was in her mouth. <gasps> oh, my God. And then she put it in her Kleenex. Uh-huh. By pretending she had a cold. Uh-huh. And then they took... <laughs> there was no... In Monte Carlo, there was no... Like, women's prison. Yeah. Because apparently there's no female criminals there. Yeah. (laughs) Women can't actually commit crimes. Exactly. So they took her to a four-star hotel overlooking the Mediterranean. You know, that's really nice. Yeah. Because usually when they don't have women's prisons, it ends up very bad. Very bad. But a four-star hotel only the best <laughs> only, <laughs> only the best, the best, for, best her. for Doris huh? <laughs> yeah absolutely so while she's in her fucking swanky ass hotel room overlooking the mediterranean <laughs> being held you know yeah <laughs> she asks i don't I don't know if it was a maid or if it was one of the guards or whomever mm-hmm. asks for a needle and thread and uh, fingernail clippers because she got to trim her nails okay and and she's also got a run in her hose. Oh, not the hose. Not the hose. <laughs> she's got, so she's, she's got to take care of this. Mm-hmm. So she acquires her tools. So she used the fingernail clippers to pry this fucking huge diamond out of the ring setting. Oh my gosh. And then used the needle and thread to fucking whip stitch this huge ass rock uh-huh. into her girdle. Wow. Amazing. And, uh, amazing. <laughs> And uh, that was how they never found the diamond ring. (laughs) That fucking, that diamond stayed in her girdle for months. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because she could take it off, wash it, hang it up to dry, put it back on, be like, you've checked literally everything. Oh, they kept her for four months? And they still couldn't? Yeah. Oh my God. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. So she said, quote, it was a stalemate. They couldn't find the piece. And couldn't hold me forever for a crime they couldn't prove. <laughs> Except they can hold her for four months, which yeah. is actually very long. <laughs> but also, if she was, like, in a hotel for four months. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, oh, look at this view. I got room service. Keep checking. By all <laughs> means. <laughs> so she was sentenced to three years in prison. However. For what? <laughs> for stealing this diamond that they couldn't find. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> However, I <laughs> while in custody, she was at, at one point she was taken to a clinic, uh-huh. and it was run by nuns. Mm-hmm. And a nun led her to a bathroom, mm-hmm. and Doris was like, "Well, she clearly led me here for a reason. I'm alone. I'm just gonna leave." <laughs> so, <laughs> so she left the clinic, got a cab, made her way to Belgium, onto mm-hmm. a plane, and back to New York City, <laughs> and to. I- I love the that. moxie that this woman has. I love that. I love that she was alone in a bath area uh-huh. and was like, "Well, she left me alone because I have to leave." Yeah, not, she left me- because she <laughs> wanted privacy for a back. <laughs> she in this documentary, she's like, "I f- I really felt like this nun was giving me an opportunity for freedom, and so I took it." <laughs> <laughs> it was like, what? I- Good for her. Yeah. She can't go back to Monte Carlo, but like, she's also not in prison. Yeah. So Doris escaped jail many times. <laughs> Literally. Like, she was constantly arrested and put in custody. They're like, in the documentary, there's just like, files mm-hmm. from her criminal record <laughs> that are just highlighted that she escaped U.S. Marshals. She is... <laughs> she, she, she absconded from the <laughs> from the unit, whatever. So, she escaped jail many times. But the big one was just after her 50th birthday in 1980. Doris pulled off the most impressive escape yet. So, she's in Zurich, Switzerland. And we know mm-hmm. that Switzerland has got that big money. Yeah. Yeah. They got chocolate mm-hmm. and a shitload of watches. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, in Zurich... She entered several jewelry stores, had a goddamn field day, yep, and went back to her hotel. And she was like, oof. <laughs> <laughs> I have done some damage today. <laughs> I, I got to get my ass out of Switzerland. <laughs> so she changes her clothes, waited for nightfall, and then took a cab to a nightclub. She specifically chose this nightclub to go to because it was right on the French border. Oh. Uh, mm. So Doris gets there. She orders a couple of cocktails, and before you know it, she's out on the dance floor, <laughs> shaking a groove thing. Um, I what she, <laughs> what she did not know, was that the the dance floor, was being filmed, and broadcast on TVs all over Switzerland. No, no, <laughs> yeah. no, yes. So some notable people, <laughs> yeah, were like, "That's the bitch." <laughs> She stole all of her shit. And she's just dancing. Look at her. She's having a grand old time. So she's getting ready to leave. The night's coming to an end. She's at coat check. The lights come on. And suddenly there's police. And she's like, well, fuck me. I came here to have a good night with my stolen jewelry. trying Just trying to get to France. That's all I'm trying to do. So, yeah. <laughs> they arrested her. Mm-hmm. Put her on a train. That was headed for Geneva. Okay. Because at this point, she's an international <laughs> thief. <laughs> They're like, uh, we need to take you to to the hub. We got to take you to headquarters. <laughs> to headquarters, yes. <laughs> HQ is expecting you. You fucking sit tight. So she's on this train. And at some point in the early morning, she asked permission to use the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And just jumped off the train <laughs> At a stop that they made. Okay. I was like, moving? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think it was actually stopped somewhere. Okay. She then wandered through a dark cornfield until she found a taxi to take her out of Switzerland. <laughs> so, again, she's out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she's on a plane. Mm-hmm. On her way home. <laughs> no fucking problem. <laughs> she's probably just in the bathroom like, well, I think they left me alone in here. For exactly. A <laughs> I should get going. I should, I, I should get out of here. In the documentary, she said that when she came out of this field, she looked real busted. She was like, yeah, got in a cab to, you know, fix myself up, got in a plane. Nobody asked me any questions. Like, fuck. Ugh. Anyway. Um, so Doris did eventually do time but only a handful of years and never for the crimes that made her infamous. Yeah. (laughs) At one point she was sentenced to 12 years in 1999 for stealing a $57,000 ring in Denver, but only served five years. So this is the trend. Yeah. Like (laughs) basically she would get arrested Mm -hmm. and either plea out or do the whole thing be sentenced, but then only do part of her time because she's fucking charming. Yeah. And people were like, oh, you're so nice. Yeah. We really like you. <laughs> and she's at this point like an older woman. Yes. exactly. So, like, what could she do? <laughs> exactly. I mean, she escaped <laughs> Zurich right after right before her 50th birthday. Yeah. She's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Doris... You know, has lived a life that's worthy of a film in the Oceans franchise. <laughs> <laughs> of which eight is the best one. Yeah. Because you know why? It's all women. Yeah. Rihanna. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett, Blanchett Sandy B. Mm-hmm. Sandy B. Aquafina. Yeah. It only take. And it's all women, and it only takes them eight to steal <laughs> all the jewels from the Met. So... Mm-hmm. And half of them didn't even know. Suck it, guys. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. There were a couple that were very tenuously attached to this group. Yeah. You know why? Because women do it better. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. (laughs) Doris is the example. Exactly. So, speaking of which, there was supposed to be a movie made about Doris that Tessa Thompson (gasps) was supposed to be in. Love Tessa Thompson. I oh, do, God, she's great. Mm-hmm. However, Lionsgate mm-hmm. let go, quote unquote, of the African American film company Code Black Films oh. that was supposed to be making it. Oh, okay, good. So, yeah, I'm so pleased. They about had this to do time. layoffs, <laughs> and Ugh. so they got Code Black got the got the fucking cut in 2019, oh. which is fucking shitty because yeah. that would have been a great goddamn movie. Somebody else pick this fucking movie. Yeah, yeah please. Netflix? Yeah. Hulu? Anybody? Any Ooh, hello? Paramount Plus? <gasps> Disney yes. Plus? Every any one of the 10,000 streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Except- who who are the assholes who made the Ocean's franchise? <laughs> call them. They clearly know how to do a heist movie. Why'd you call them assholes? Oh, I don't Cuz they're probably straight oh, they, white men. Yeah, they you're right. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels right. <laughs> I uh, just felt like you knew something. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you are like, these assholes. No. Where are they? <laughs> no, no. Have them do something useful for once. <laughs> okay. So, Doris was so successful in her heisting because she knew how to play a part. From a wee babe, she loved to play pretend. Mm-hmm. So, she was, quote, well-mannered, attractive, and had a knack for making people trust her. It's a true... Oh, I was like... What? I forgot to put dashes. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, that word those don't make sense. <laughs> I put it's a true tale of fake it till you make it. Oh. But I didn't put any dashes in fake it till you make it. So yeah. I was like true tale of fake. I was like, that's not English. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck atil <laughs> You <laughs> Maquit <ma-ke-> Exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's me reading any of my, <laughs> anything that I read. <laughs> okay, so basically, this was all sleight of hand. Mm-hmm. It was all like you know those people who sit out. It's Aquafina in Ocean's Eight. Mm-hmm. How she's like, oh, oh, big, big, boo! Watch the hands, watch the hands. Now I got your Rolex. Yeah, <laughs> your wallet's also here. I think pickpockets are crazy talent. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Like, I don't want to be a victim mm-hmm. because that would be a bro bummer. Yeah. But, like, good on you because that shit's <laughs> impressive. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was almost pickpocketed in London once, except I had a purse that was too confusing. <laughs> <laughs> so there was, it, it's my, I have a 2D purse. Yeah. It looks 2D. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's not. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it needs to fit stuff. But you can zip the bottom of it to make it more like a folder and then sure. it opens uh-huh. up to a purse. And I just felt a guy tugging on that zipper uh-huh. and I turned around and we looked face to face and then he just nodded and then turned around and laughed. and I was like, ha, thwarted. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it was scary. I bet it was fucking terrifying. But, but get, Don't fucking come <laughs> at me with that nonsense. Yeah. But also... You're cool as (laughs) shit. Okay. Back to Doris. So, she wore nice jewelry, carried a nice purse. Mm. She dressed well. Basically, she looked rich Mm -hmm. and played the role of, like, model or actress or wealthy socialite (laughs) so well (laughs) that she swindled jewels just right out from under people's noses. Wow. Like, full on... Watching her talk about it Mm -hmm. and her process of like, no, this, it's easy. (laughs) You just got to keep things moving. Keep them distracted. And then you walk home with diamonds in your (laughs) pockets. I was like, damn. I thought I was real, real sneaky sneaky when I stole a pair of earrings from the mall a couple times. (laughs) In my my late teens. (laughs) I was like... Well, I'm a rebel, but the whole time I was like, "Ooh, <laughs> <laughs> they know, they know." Of on that the, Claires, to you <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, the icing, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> one step up from Claire's uh, icing. Yeah. Yes, it's the elevated version. Mm-hmm. Not little kids anymore. Mm-hmm. Now we are sophisticated women. Mm-hmm. We were icing. We were. <laughs> That's right. At a time when black Americans were treated as second class citizens, Doris did exactly what she wanted to care for herself and her family and was quite frankly, just too good at it. Yeah. (laughs) Doris has openly spoken about her crimes, like Mm -hmm. very openly. (laughs) I love that. And claims to have used at least 32 aliases, 10 social security numbers, and at one point had nine different passports. Because she's a goddamn international woman of mystery. <laughs> Over her 60, 60 six zero year career, she stole more than $2 million worth of jewelry. And she says she spent every cent. <laughs> You're not getting that back. <laughs> nope. She's been arrested and imprisoned and released on good behavior more times than she can count. <laughs> Her most recent being in 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) I think at this point it's just like a... Fuck it. It's to kill time. Like, who cares? She now lives in Atlanta and has given up on her life of crime. That we know of. That we know of. (laughs) She wrote her autobiography called Diamond Doris, the true story of the world's most notorious jewel thief. And plans to use the proceeds of her book toward building a home for foster children. Oh, that's very I, nice. So sweet. It's so sweet. So in response to the question, do you regret being a jewel thief? <laughs> she said, quote, No, I don't regret being a jewel thief. For me to say, Oh yes, I do, I would be lying. <laughs> Had you asked me, do I regret getting caught? Yes! <laughs> And that is my story on Doris Payne. I love that. That was really good. Yeah. <laughs> Look, guys, if you want a real trip of a time, the life and crimes of Doris Payne, it is worth it to watch that because it is. She's right there. She's in in the documentary. Mm-hmm. She's talking about her sordid past, <laughs> of stealing millions of dollars worth of jewels mm-hmm. from across the world. Meanwhile, also going to trial for stealing more diamonds from a mall. <laughs> so. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. It's really good. Wow. I love a woman who says fuck it and is just going to stick it to the man. I also love when people who commit. These are crimes. Yes. But in terms of like hurting people. Exactly. Jewel thieves and art thieves. No very low. They're not hurting anybody. Not not really. Not really. At one point she does somebody was the director of the documentary. <laughs> <laughs> he's talking to her in prison mm-hmm. and he's like, "Do you feel like you owe anyone an apology?" And she was like, "No." <laughs> like I stole from stores yeah. that are filled with other diamonds. Mm-hmm. They're doing fine. And insured. He, and sh- and they're insured. And he was like, well, what about the what about the sales lady who you swiped it from? She was like, it's not hers. Yeah. And Danny and I were having a discussion about it. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. If she's stealing this from people, mm-hmm. from a singular person, yeah. I might be a little more upset about it and be like, mm-hmm. oh, that's kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> it's not great, Bob. Yeah. But... there are are worse things there are worse things Mm -hmm. so let's just celebrate the fact that she's got (laughs) a whole lot of moxie and she was like fuck it and i love the insight into it just like Mm -hmm. i did all this bad stuff and now let me tell you about it (laughs) (laughs) let me tell you about how easy it was (laughs) how stupid everybody is exactly i'm smarter than you i'm sorry that you left it on the table yeah guess it's going home with me now goodbye so, that's it. That's yep. a wrap on this episode, y'all. Yep. So, if you liked what you heard, and we hope you did, mm-hmm. please go wherever you're listening and leave us a five-star review, rate, review, and subscribe mm-hmm. so you can get all this good stuff every week. Mm-hmm. And just to keep up with us, you can follow us on our social media accounts at that has Got Moxie on Instagram and Facebook and Broads Got Moxie on Twitter. That's right. Also, questions, comments, concerns, Mm -hmm. suggestions—we love those. I recently got one from our listener named Tiana, Mm who's fucking cool as shit. I Um, like that name. Yeah, you do. (laughs) We met her at the Women's March. Oh, she had those fucking those really cool UFO earrings. Uh huh. That I was like, hey girl, I like those earrings. (laughs) (laughs) So she sent us a suggestion, and I was like, mine, mine, mine. Oh, I'm excited to know. Yeah. So that'll be. In a couple weeks. Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Excited. So, anyway, yeah, you can send us an email at broadscottmoxie at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> Drop us a line. Okay. That's all. Yeah. Okay. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Crenning. cover art by Vinnie Navarrete, produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick into the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.